0: It's not distrust, it's just more of an unknown. I don't know what to expect if I go to that place. Mm-hmm. In the Gate District, I feel like you're kind of in the center of, of communities mm-hmm. that uh, run the gamut of, of demographics, and it's a safe place for all sides to kind of come to, and I would say, and to reconcile but I have to say kudos to YouTube, right? Because <laughs> I've got my arm in all the way inside of a cow feeling for the calf and YouTube in my other hand, you know, on my phone and saying, okay. That, that's quite an yes, image that's there, Steve. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's something. <laughs> Sorry.
1: But so you, you figured true. out farming. <laughs> uh,
0: I didn't have jobs to offer. So uh, I, I, I came up with this idea eventually that uh, We would try to create as many jobs as we could. We roast our own coffee, there's a job there. We uh, have a restaurant, of course, and all the jobs associated associated with that. Uh, Invested in a farm and raising the cattle, all the jobs associated with that.
1: I'm Sarah Fenske, this is St. Louis on the Air. restaurant just opened in the city's gate district. And if you're someone who doesn't spend a lot of time in the city, that's the lovely historic area between Lafayette Square and Midtown. Maya Angelou was born there, and these days, the neighborhood is seeing lots of attention after years of neglect. Have a Cow Cattle Company, an urban farm store, hopes to be a part of that energy. The restaurant and shop are only the most visible part of a bigger plan designed to help locals find good jobs and also bring a bit of the farm to the table. And joining us today to talk about it is Steve St. Pierre. He is the owner of Have a Cow. Steve, welcome.
0: Hello. Thanks for having me.
1: So, Steve, people driving by your restaurant on Lafayette might have noticed that tractor out front. It's certainly eye-catching. What's on offer for someone who's, they're not interested in the backstory, they just want something to eat or drink or buy?
0: Yeah, so um, our hope is we are serving up uh, great burgers. So, uh, yeah, farm-to-table burgers. We raise the cattle, and so it's fresh beef. Uh, Also, we're serving that meat from the farm uh, in frozen form so you can just come and if you want a steak for later buy our frozen meats as well Uh, and then we have a whole selection of um, other sandwiches we have vegetarian options and chicken sandwich and uh, we even have a grilled peanut butter and jelly which was my favorite (laughs) growing up and now You know, we're going to expose that to the world. So good.
1: Well, that sounds like some good options for people who are hungry. A nice, nice casual option there. Social distancing, in effect. Um, But that's not all to this story. What is the mission that's underpinning this whole effort?
0: Yeah. um, So I would say that uh, a few years ago, 2016-ish, I was working in a uh, kind of service environment up in North City, Uh, I live in the Etzel Hodemont neighborhood, and we have a number of ways that we walk with that community and uh, partner with them. Um, And a number of the individuals in the community, young men and women, uh, just asked me, Steve, amen, we need some of these things that that we're bringing together, uh, but we need jobs. Mm -hmm. I mean, at a basic level, I have kids, and I need to be able to support my family. and so that just got me thinking. I mean I was kind of in a ministry uh, environment, and I didn't have jobs to offer so uh i i I came up with this idea eventually that uh, we would try to create as many jobs as we could uh, and i I wrote out the vision that i I would talk about here with have a cow and uh and that's what's coming to expression. so we roast our own coffee, there's a job there we uh have a restaurant, of course, and all the jobs associated associated with that. Uh, invested in a farm and raising the cattle, all the jobs associated with that. Uh, I have a retail aspect where we're trying to, you know, uh, I, I say urban farm store, uh, but it's for the urban farmers. So chicken coop supplies, although I don't have that in stock yet. Uh, uh, that's the plan bee, you're gonna you're yeah, gonna
1: supply the chicken coops
0: that's right and beehives uh, and all the stuff that goes with apiary equipment uh, and then just wild bird stuff and dog and cat food and anything you know for the urban farmer will sell jams and jellies and honeys and woohoo! You know.
1: <laughs> so just General any product stuff. sort of tied to, to the land I mean even if your your urban farming involves cat farming you're gonna have supplies there for it
0: That's right. And so as these young men, um, that, you know, are running in a rough area of the city, uh, and some of them, uh, kind of caught up in the clamor of what that means. were saying, well, would you give me a job? And, and, and I said, well, I would, but what I would hire you for is to, with me, learn how to love everybody that comes in the store. Hmm. And, um, and you know, kind of looked at me <laughs> strangely, uh, and, and I said, you know, if we can't learn to love our even our enemies in this city, we're we're never gonna change. That nothing's gonna change in the city. We can have all the kind of laws and and in terms of the the you know justice come from our government leaders, but if we actually those are just on paper. If we don't live that out in practical forms, it's not going to mean a whole lot for, you know, us as individuals. Mm-hmm. So that's the kind of subtitle of our restaurant. It's in the jawbone of our of the cow on our logo. It says, love your enemy. And mm-hmm. my hope is that not only my employees and myself learn how to do that, um, but that my customers also, that there would be an environment of okay, I'm going to give this person a chance. And, that, and that's really where the name came from. Hmm. So it's not, don't have a cow, man. Don't, don't be crazy about this. It's, we want you to get crazy. And getting crazy for what's right, and, and in that sense, justice, it actually might cost you everything. <laughs> right? <laughs> and so we're asking you to love even your enemy. Lay your life down for even your enemy. And I believe... It'll go well for you. And I I told these young men, listen, when I had a business in the past, um, I used to steal employees from many fast food places uh, that just, even though they were in this kind of rough environment to be happy, (laughs) Mm -hmm. they treated me so well. And I would offer them a job on the spot because they had, in my mind, 80%, 90% of what it takes to be a good employee. They were willing to serve me. You know, so anyway, and, and so you're idea. you're kind
1: of hoping people are going to come in and poach your employees. That's part of the idea here at, at Have a Cow.
0: That is, I, I, you know, we want them to do it after the lunch rush, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but have no, a little class, the, yeah. And that is the ultimate idea. Now, it's going to take some time to develop the vision of that. Uh, this has been a, uh, a you know, a vision that's been in, in the motion for five plus years, mm-hmm. and with COVID and everything happening. Uh, I actually quit my job to learn the farming, to figure this all out, Thank and you, and actually, a- Steve,
1: I actually, Steve, I want to slow you down on that because I think your personal story here is pretty interesting. As much as uh, so much of what you're doing now is new to you, as you mentioned, you were running a business before you got involved with Restore St. Louis and, and working more on the the nonprofit end of things. Um, you ran a, a toy store business. How did you go from that to saying, I guess, use the phrase you used, lay down your life and decide you wanted to devote yourself more to this mission?
0: Yeah. So I. Um, well, my background—I'm from a you know wealthier kind of sector of society, I guess—and mm-hmm. uh, grew up. I never really had any needs. Uh, we were well provided for, and you know I lived in that kind of bubble, and it truly was a bubble. I couldn't see much outside of that, and uh, just because you're insulated, right? You live in particular neighborhoods. You just don't see much mess, and uh, and during that time, you know, I have I. I'm a Christian, I guess. And, uh, and out of that faith, uh, you know, it was really, I felt like I was just making touchdowns and spiking the ball and then pointing to the sky, right? Mm-hmm. And kind of giving that expression. And I ended up going on a trip, a uh, mission trip to Africa. And I was in Africa, and uh, there was this little six-year-old girl that her story un- literally undid me and I, I crawled back to my little guest house and just kind of said this doesn't work you know what what in the world and uh and and that was the moment where i i felt like as i was you know doing my bible study i heard a different uh word in that sense from what i was reading that i had never heard before because i didn't have the context to hear it hmm. and uh and that that idea was that the expression of what's good and the healing that is needed in this world comes through us as people. Right. And, and then in that way, the, we, we use the term often blessing. Well, that blessing is actually not for us. It's for us to live out. And, and that changed everything. You know, I wrote my wife from Africa because at the time we were thinking about moving to Africa and I just said, we're going to sell everything. And, uh, I think we need to, you know, if you're on board, I think we need to move to some area of St. Louis that um, there, there's some suffering going on and hmm. that that reconciliation is needed. And uh, she was totally on board. Wow. Uh, which you know, I, I feel like it, not
1: all wives would be totally on board for that.
0: Well, and she's an incredible person. <laughs> she leads me probably more than I lead her. Hmm. But uh, and and so she, you moved uh,
1: into to a part of town that that didn't have a lot of people with that background you have. Saying you you came from this wealthier milieu, did that open your eyes even further, even beyond what you saw in Africa, to see what's right here in St. Louis?
0: It did. I mean, uh, when we moved in, we had a six, nine, and twelve-year-old children. Uh, And on both sides of the coin, my eyes were open. so my old kind of context in my old neighborhood, people thought I was having a cow, right? I was going crazy. (laughs) And in my new context, the neighborhood wasn't super excited that I was showing up. Hmm. And, uh, you know, because, again, sure, I was had a lot of paternalism kind of wrapped up in me. But uh, it didn't take long for that to burn off. <laughs> my neighbors were really good at it. And uh, I have to say now, uh, my, my actual neighbor um, let me know his displeasure with me being his neighbor when I first moved in. Hmm. But now I would consider him and I think he would consider me one of his close friends. Wow. And just to see the change, right? And it came after a lot of... A lot of mess i mean i had a gun against my own head and my door's been kicked in and my car's been jacked and my kids have been afraid and it's a place of a lot of gunfire and mess i've dragged a kid out of the street in front of my house that had just been shot well if that had happened in my own my old neighborhood you'd know about that in toledo right yeah but nobody knew about it, not even my neighbor. And it just, talk about eye-opening. That, that this didn't even
1: make me, the news, this level of violence that, that you were seeing
0: in Right, and in we wouldn't consider each other en- enemies, but we, but we ignore kind of one another. We live past one another, and that's what enemies do, right? We don't live our lives in context to that place over there. And I just think, come on, we need to be more intentional and to <laughs> work toward reconciling, because we're, we're in this together.
1: <laughs> well, and, and so, Steve, I mean, for you, you're all in. You didn't just take this big move where you went and, and moved to North St. Louis and, and now in a part of town where most people from your background aren't interested in living. You then decided to go all in on this farm business um, as as the underpinning of this new venture. Had you any experience as a farmer before purchasing this farm?
0: Well, no, but <laughs> my wife will tell you that's pretty much how I do things, unfortunately. You jump in. Uh, jump in. It, I jump in, but I always feel like if I don't jump in, I'm not going to get in. You know, it's kind of like when the pool's too cold and you keep dipping your foot, you're never going to get in. But if you jump in, it's too late, you're in.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you're in. I mean, was there a steep learning curve in figuring out how to get a cow to the place where you're ready to serve that cow at Have a Cow?
0: Well, absolutely, and uh, but I have to say kudos to YouTube, right? Because <laughs> I've got my arm in all the way inside of a cow, feeling for the calf, and YouTube in my other hand, you know on my phone and saying, okay. That, that's quite <laughs> yes, an image that's there, Steve.
1: That's, yeah. <laughs> that's something. <laughs> I'm sorry. But so you, you figured true. out farming. Um, and, and now you've got this restaurant. And look, I mean, this is this is a, a business that has a notoriously high failure rate. That's even pre-pandemic. What gives you the confidence? I understand you opened last week. What made you feel like, yeah, we're ready to go?
0: Well, uh, really? It has a high failure rate? Nobody told me. <laughs> what, what? <laughs> Know. I hope you're joking. <laughs> yeah, the two of them, right? The farm and a restaurant. Those aren't, aren't things that banks are going to jump at usually. Right. Um, and they haven't yet. But uh, <laughs> having said that, I, you know, the confidence comes from just, I, I feel like people, of course, in our current environment, uh, but have always been ready for something to kind of bring community, right? We want community. And I think we long for it. And so I just feel like if we can foster that hmm. in a, whatever, a business, it, it doesn't matter what it is, uh, a not for profit, I don't know. Yeah. But if we can foster community, I think people will come and, and, and participate.
1: So, Steve, you're there in the Gate District. Um, what made you decide to locate there rather than closer to the neighborhood that, that you've been living in and where you've built such connections?
0: Well, I feel like uh, what we need is bridge communities. Hmm. And I think the gate is a perfect bridge community uh, between a lot of different demographics. Uh, You know, if I'm living in Edwardsville, I'm not going to come to the neighborhood that I well, so I used to live in Eversville, but if I'm living there, I have no kind of understanding or context for the neighborhood that I currently live in up in North St. Louis. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to come there to eat. And if I live in North St. Louis, I'm not going to go to Edwardsville. You know, there's a mutual kind of distrust between the two. Uh, it's not distrust. It's just more of an unknown. I don't know what to expect if I go to that place. Mm-hmm. In the Gate District, I feel like you're kind of in the center of of communities Mm -hmm. that uh, run the gamut of, of demographics and it's a safe place for all sides to kind of come to and I would say and to reconcile.
1: Hmm. I I love the Gate District. I hope people will come and and check out this restaurant just because I think this community, it it gets under-acknowledged and it has such historic significance and there's also a lot of great things going on there today. I know you want people to come to this too. Um, And and now that you've been open a week, I mean, how's it going? The main plan was to try to get people some jobs. Do you feel like you're, you're on the way to doing that at this point?
0: I think we're on the way to doing that. We have hired quite a few people but right now because of the pandemic and the time it took to construct and all of it i i ran out of money (laughs) so right now i'm trying to build the stores back up to get to a point where i can hire folks that we can invest in a little deeper Um, but we have hired an individual that i would say that you know we're we're excited about and and he's embracing us and it's 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 really been a lot of fun to just say okay and, and to be honest hey uh here's what we're doing and and him responding well i want to be a part of that hmm. um so that's been fun but i i look forward to uh, down the road uh and i don't know how long it'll take to have have more of that reconciling uh of, of different cultures come and be a part Bring everybody to this restaurant
1: and and sell them some beef uh, or a hamburger to eat there on site.
0: That's right. And and you asked just how are things going? They are going well. I mean, our first day, we were overwhelmed by the response. We didn't do anything. We didn't even put an easel out on the sidewalk, but people, the word spread so fast. You know, Hmm. I'm old, I'm 57, so uh, I'm not used to Instagram and Facebook and all that stuff. And, but wow, you know, it, stories got posted. And before we know it, people were in, in, in the place. So you know what,
1: I, I think it's that tractor. I think so many of us were, were driving by after seeing that tractor, we were waiting for you guys to open and now have a cow cattle company, an urban farm store. People can come and check it out for themselves. And Steve St. Pierre, I wanna thank you so much for joining us today and, and sharing your story.
0: Thanks for inviting me.
1: If you learned something new from today's episode, consider leaving us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the easiest way to help people discover our show. We appreciate it. Thank you.